0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Council of Elrond I'm Dave and with me is my co-host Johnny And today we are joined by Dan from Voice of Geekdom on YouTube To discuss everything we saw in the official Rings of Power trailer That featured during the Super Bowl Sunday Myself and Johnny will be doing some of the regular reacting, but we've drafted in one of the big boys, Dan, to give his expertise on what's going on. So, first of all, if you guys haven't yet subscribed to Voice of Geekdom on YouTube, please go ahead and do that. You can do that while you're listening to this podcast right now. Uh, Dan does so many great videos on the lore of Tolkien and my personal favorites, The Silmarillion Explained. Um, this is a series which actually myself and Johnny featured in for the voices of Kurofin <laughs> and Kelegorm, so go check that out. We absolutely boss it. Uh, <laughs> we were class. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were amazing. Um, <laughs> but we'll drop all the links to Dan's socials and the YouTube account in the podcast description. But yeah, welcome, Dan. It's great to finally get you on the show.
1: Thank you very much, Dave. It's, uh, it's great to be here.
0: Yeah yeah it's it's it, like we said off air it's it's been a long time coming uh but before we actually kick off would you like to tell the listeners what you do and where we can find you
1: yeah well as you say i'm a, I'm a youtuber uh, i do lore and um kind of i do a little bit of kind of youtube podcasting style sort of videos pre-recorded and um, live streams every two weeks on my channel as well um and uh, i'm covering the silmarillion in depth as you say um it's kind of Probably the thing that my channel is best known for is that series, um, it's the, at least it's the most requested thing. People are always waiting on the next chapter. There are people who are halfway through the Silmarillion that <laughs> have been waiting on me to finish the, the series for you know, a year and a half now. Um, it's like a bit so, of a George yeah. or, or Martin situation there. <laughs> well, not exactly. Um, <laughs> I, think I, finish. I think I will finish it. I, it won't be quite like Martin. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but of
2: course, that will be of huge interest as well to people who are getting ready for this Rings of Power series and people who are excited about it because we know that a lot of it's going to be, t- well, it's going to be taking place mainly in the second age, but maybe we'll get some stuff from the first age as well. So that's all. Silmarillion uh, time, so obviously people that are getting ready for the series will be tuning in to to hear more about what was going on back then.
1: Well, I hope so, yeah. Uh, That was certainly part of the thinking behind doing the the series that I've been doing. Um, uh, I, I will say that there's been kind of in the news in the Tolkien fandom recently, there's been a lot of speculation on what the licensing might include for this new series and whether they have any rights at all to the Silmarillion or whether it's Mm. on a case by case basis and whether they've been negotiating with the Tolkien estate for different bits of material. Right. But we certainly have seen bits of Silmarillion material already. Um, The very first thing that we saw was the two trees of Valinor, of course, which was, yeah, um, it was, it was definitely, it's, the primary source for that is in the Silmarillion, so... Yeah, Mm. it it is interesting because
0: I didn't know that until quite recently. Isn't it the rights... They have the rights to the appendices, which is about 150 pages at the end of um, The Return of the King, but I just assumed that they had the Silmarillion as well, and I assumed that we were going to be getting flashbacks to Morgoth and all that kind of carry-on, but... (laughs) I don't know now. It seems to be up in the air, but yeah, that 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 picture of Valinor seemed to be, um, seemed to inspire some hope for, for, for us that want to see a lot of the Silmarillion in this show.
1: Mm. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is also mentioned in the Lord of the Rings, of course. Mm. Um, in the past, the way that the the movie licenses have kind of been structured and so on is the stories that uh, different um, license holders have been licensed to to tell. Have been um, kind of limited to the source material that is considered the primary source for that story, um, which is to say, you can't tell the story of Beren and Luthien in um, The Lord of the Rings because that that's referenced in The Lord of the Rings. Um, Aragorn gives us a poem about it. Sam sort of summarizes mm-hmm. the story later on, um, but clearly the primary ma- source for that material is is the Silmarillion. So. Because you've got the license to the Lord of the Rings, it doesn't mean that you can tell the story of Beren and Luthien. Um, This seems to be working a little bit differently. This seems to be structured differently to how the movie deals have been done. Because clearly they do have some wiggle room to include other, other sorts of references that are not typically considered Lord of the Rings references or Hobbit references. Um, so we, we won't get a repeat of the situation like we had in the Hobbit movies where the, the blue wizards are referenced but um, Ian McKellen's Gandalf tells us that he can't remember their names. <laughs> um, so There were two others. <laughs> yeah. There were two others but we don't have the rights for unfinished tales. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, yeah that was brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, guys, before
0: we actually get into the individual details because we, we'll probably break down this trailer... Eh, frame by frame well not frame by frame but like scene by scene i suppose but i just want to get your overall opinions maybe dan first what do you what did you think of the trailer as a whole
1: well my head's been swimming with information for the last sort of what has it been like 16 hours or something mm. um it's uh yeah i was i'm was excited by it um i i think possibly the editing could have been better um because there are there are a lot of shots and a lot of short little kind of scenes if you want to use that word but they they go by very quickly and you can't really tell much it is very teaser trailer sort mm. of not yeah. giving not giving away any information or any context for anything that we're seeing um, it was
2: almost th- it's al- it's almost like that they had the, those consecutive shots really really like rapidly uh, put, put together Because they know that we live in an era where that teaser trailer is going to be broken down by people like us or by YouTubers who are just like you know pausing frame by frame and saying this exact uh, image is going to be of this, and they don't need more than one second, or even in that case, there wasn't even a second. In one second, we were getting about three images. So it's again, it's probably just that in this day and age, that's something that we can expect. But that would never have happened a few years ago. And exactly the word that you use, it is a teaser trailer. And again, we shouldn't. Uh, lie to ourselves. That's exactly what they're still doing in this in this uh, trailer. They were still teasing us a little bit and not really giving away too much information.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we still haven't seen. We still haven't seen Keller Rimbore, of course, who's mm. going to be one of the main players in this in this show. I would think as the forger of the rings of power, that being the title of the show, you would think he'd be fairly important. And uh, we haven't mm. haven't seen anything of him yet. Um, mm-hmm. They've been more teasing this mysterious. Well, oh, we'll get onto it later. But this mysterious mm-hmm. comet. Character who comes down on a meteor, um, meteor man. Yeah. Um, now, if,
0: if you didn't know this was called the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, you, you probably wouldn't know what what this is about. It's about some meteor man coming to a fantasy world, and like there's n- there's no sign of rings, there's no sign of no real sign of bad guys in this uh teaser trailer. But it, yeah, it's it's a teaser. But overall,
1: were you kind of yay or nay? Yeah, um, I, I was excited by it, but I, I do appreciate that I'm also, you know, trying to be a Lord of the Rings influencer. So it's kind of my job to be excited by it. So, uh, <laughs> in a way, um, so you hated it. <laughs> so, oh, well, I'm saying I'm biased. Um, yeah, because course. I want this show to be a success. Mm. Um, I, I think the trailer could have been better, in, in, in all honesty, but it, but it was, it was good. It, it did the job on me. I got excited and. Um, i i did a video breakdown on it last night and i got nearly everything wrong apparently because <laughs> because l- loads of information came out while i was making the video i closed off my social media so i could concentrate and um woke up this morning and realized that i'd gotten everything wrong so um <laughs> i, I want to go into that comment section <laughs> so it's doing it's doing the job of of inspiring people to uh speculate people like mm. us
2: i think maybe the only reaction video that I watched was yours, and that's all the information I'm going off. So, uh, <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> so damn it. <laughs> what about yourself, Johnny? Uh, no, again, similar, similar to Dan. Uh, that well, I mean, I, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. First of all, uh, but again, I mean, and Dave, you know this about me as well that I'm not the kind of person that loves to watch lots of trailers before I go into movies or even before I watch series. I don't. I really don't want to be spoiled by absolutely anything. And even sometimes seeing characters in a certain position with a certain type of clothing on, for some, I don't. know, For me, just I feel like ah, oh, I don't even want to see that. I want to see that in its moment and in its context. And it's almost like, I don't know, if somebody makes a, an album in musically and they just you hear one song and it's like, okay, this is a cool song, but out of the context of that album where it's supposed to be created. Sometimes I just don't like that getting that sneak peek where, you know, maybe it can, it'll feel more natural when you get it in its uh, in its uh, like appropriate context. But I think I'm on the extreme side of not wanting to know absolutely anything about things. So for me that for after watching this and not still not really knowing too much, I was happy about that and the most important thing the most important like, takeaway was just visually it does look quite incredible and it looks I mean I think nobody expected anything else, but the amount of money that we've been hearing has been pumped into this series. We saw the behind the scenes shot of how they made the, uh, the, the title reveal and we could see the kind of camera work and the kind of uh, effects and the, not effects, but the, the practical effects that were put into that. So we know that there's a huge budget and just huge, uh, I suppose, care and importance been put into the way it's going to look visually. So I was happy to see that. And especially some of the big grand sweeping shots uh, of landscapes they were all quite beautifully done. Um, yeah, I had some small details that we, l- some small issues that we can get into later on. But uh, overall, yeah, I, I liked it. I'm excited for it, and it teased me. Mm. Uh, so yeah, so I feel teased. <coughs> that was the goal. Very yeah, good. So that was good. Uh,
0: is anyone going to ask what I thought of the trailer? <laughs> <laughs> what was your, what was your, what was your opinion, Dave? No, we no, no, really that's, fine, that's fine. That's fine. Uh No, yeah, <laughs> no,
2: but but we haven't actually. We haven't like all day. We haven't had a chance to speak to each other either. About I know. What yeah. Actually, what actually was your your first first view, first opinions? I, well, I was just just thinking about it
0: there when when you when you guys were talking, and I was trying to think of a time where I saw an unbelievable trailer and the movie was actually good because there's been so many times where you see an incredible tra- like I, I can just think off the top of my head now. I don't want to slam DC, but Batman versus Superman. Suicide, the first Suicide Squad and just a couple of those, they showed so much and way too much in the trailers. That was back in that era, like yeah. f- f- seven, eight years ago when you could just show those that was ridiculous. movie. And like some of those trailers were incredible, but then everything good w- were, was in the trailer. So, yeah, um, I kind of feel like the less you know, the better. And since this was a teaser, I was pleasantly teased as johnny said earlier uh, i loved the, the the location shots and um yeah i just thought the, the world looked quite beautiful and yeah there's little things that we'll get into and a lot of things where i'm like i haven't a clue what's going on here but that's that's a good sign i think most of it about 45 seconds of the one minute <laughs> yeah. i i knew the parents were it said the Rings of Power and Fellowship <laughs> and King. and <laughs> No, but I know what that means. <laughs> I think most of the trailer was just trying to show us a lot of the protagonist's faces for the first time. Um, So, yeah, sure they, they
1: did that well. <laughs> so, well done, Amazon. <laughs> they showed uh, us quite a lot of Galadriel. And they I, did. I'm more excited to see her story than I was before, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Yeah. Which is the most positive thing that I have to say from the trailer.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I think we all expected to see a lot of Galadriel, but then I think we also expected to see quite a lot of Elrond, mm. and we didn't really get. We got like a one. quarter of a second. On we, Elrond we got yeah, we like got that. a frown.
1: That's what we, we got. got from yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it was a pretty good frown. I, <laughs> I felt the emotion from that frown. But yeah, as you said, Galadriel uh, was clearly the one that featured uh, the most, and so we can probably take it for granted that she's going to be the the main character that we're going to be following. And we saw her in lots of different uh, areas and positions as well. So uh, she could be moving around quite a bit. But for me, when I first heard about Galadriel possibly being this kind of warrior Galadriel, I immediately got very excited about that. I thought that that was going to be really... I I was just surprised by all the kind of immediate negativity. Again, I shouldn't be surprised by negativity online because (laughs) uh, that's what happens. But uh, I was very happy from the get-go with that kind of uh, idea of seeing a more like a younger fiery, badass Galadriel. I think that's going to be mm. uh, really exciting to see. And doing her whole Jon Snow uh, impression as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. We're, we're yeah. going to get into all that, but uh,
0: I don't know, Johnny, if you want to share the first uh, image yep. of, I'll just, while you're getting that up, we start off with the narration of the young nomadic Harfoot girl played by Markella Cavana. And she says, haven't you ever wondered what else is out there? And she had the I don't know, did you guys pick up on this, but she had like, sam Wise's kind of twang it was kind of hobbity just like what else is out there uh but yeah <laughs> i i just thought that was nice and neat and then we have the opening shot and definitely my favorite sh- shot uh from the whole trailer which is a ship passing through a gateway in the beautiful island of numenor and I know this is a podcast, but for the three of us, we can all see this beautiful picture here. <laughs> um, just funny, I, I just wanted to add as well, when when the trailer dropped, I immediately, I, I watched it. Then I took a screenshot of this picture and uh, I tweeted saying, welcome back to Middle Earth. And the tweet, like it, it started going, like doing really well. I got a couple of thousand likes, uh, but then people started responding saying, this isn't Middle Earth, this is not Middle Earth. One guy was like, it's the one confirmed location and you couldn't even get that right. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. But uh, yeah, first of all, Johnny, what was your reaction to this shot? Did you did you immediately know where it was or like what did you think of the look of it?
2: It was one of the few things that straight away I, I was pretty sure, I I, I was pretty sure I, I was like, this is Numenor. Now, I don't know which city in Numenor. I'm not that well-versed. Uh, maybe that will be able to enlighten us later on. But it looks like, some sort of like maritime town, some port town uh, in the island of Numenor. And it looks pretty, pretty stunning. Uh, It's very, very cool. I would like to know a little bit more about this. If it's how much of it is practical effects or miniatures or bigatures and how much of it is CG added on top because it looks fantastic. But um, I don't know. It's just, it's always something that you want to know. And the more practical effects that we see used it just seems like that's you you get a better feel for it obviously in this one tiny shot uh it does look really good the lighting is a little bit i think it's too perfect almost so for that reason that's one of the things i thought where it could have been more cgi than practical uh because i just think it seems everything's so visual and so like well lit up whereas i think more naturally you might have some darker shadows but um yeah i can't i can't really fault it i think it looks stunning i love the I love the the statue, uh, like built into the built into the yeah. like whatever that is that mound that little mountain thing. That's really really cool, and it just that's kind of f- like Argonaut. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's what they're trying to tease, I suppose. Well, it just screams Lord of the Rings and Gargonaut. and that uh, incredible. That's one of the most beautiful images of from Fellowship of the Rings as well. When you see the the Garganoth and it's like wow. So yeah, that's obviously the thing that grabs your attention when you see it first.
0: Yeah, um, and and Dan, did you think? this accurately represents Númenor or what, what, what is your first opinion on this image?
1: Well, my first thought was this was not Númenor, but yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, ah. uh, I surmised that this was maybe Alquilonde, which is the port of the Teleri elves um, in, in Amman, mm-hmm. in, in the West. Um, because with this being a Galadriel-centric story, I, I thought that maybe this would be her origins. Um, so that was where I was coming from. But um, yeah, with since having learned that this is Numenor, that makes much more sense. Um, so it was my silliness there. Um, the ships don't look like <laughs> Elvish ships, do they, at all? Um, and, and they don't have and those white ships of it's the hilarious. white, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and as you say, the statue there is very Argonath, reminiscent mm. with the outstretched and the gesture like that is it's very similar, isn't it? Um, yeah. which mm. is clearly intentional. Um I wonder who that character is. Could be El Ross potentially. Um Oh yeah. In, in oh, which yeah. case he'll probably look exactly the same up close as uh the actor that's playing young Elrond. Um so we'll we'll probably be have that confirmed oh, yeah. if we do see him twins. up close because they're twins. Yeah, um, that's right. We do we know here. if they're
2: identical twins? I suppose they probably Tolkien doesn't
1: say, but uh, usually in fan art and stuff, they're always depicted as being identical twins, and it's kind of nice to think of them as being identical twins. Um, Twins run in that whole family as well. I mean, Elrond's got uncles who were twins, um, who died, sadly, in the Silmarillion, and everyone dies in the Silmarillion. Um, (laughs) Spoilers. (laughs) And, and of course, he's got twin sons as well, so it's like twins since sort of run in the family um, which is interesting which is
2: something that happens in real life as well so that's yeah. uh, it's um, it's pretty good but that, that is kind of funny that that a uh, young actor who plays Elrond could like you know it's just really cool for him personally to think like I'm obviously one of the stars of this show but also my face is imprinted in this uh, incredible looking statue that's uh, the face of Numenor so <laughs> I just think that must be really cool for that guy personally
0: yeah don't that- that would be cool. And it would be cool for him to have a bit of a Lindsay Lohan situation where he gets to play two characters. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so looking at this, I to be honest, I don't really know any places in Numenor. But
1: do you know where this city could be? I think, it, yeah, I think it's, it's probably the Romena, which is the uh, easternmost port city. It's the largest port in Numenor. That would, okay. make, that would make the most sense. Um, it could also be Eldor Londe, which is the the westernmost port which is facing towards aman um but it doesn 't look like it because that should have more of a cliff above it um and Romena the first one is is more of a it 's more of a bustling harbor um and it 's more which this looks like yeah I think so I think that yeah this mm. strikes me as more being like the main harbor city in mm. Numenor.
2: I don't really want to make this reference, but when I first saw this, it looked very similar to a shot from Game of Thrones where, uh, what, Dave, you probably know better than me, what was the name of that uh, place where they had the big, it was like, again, a similar sort of setup to this, but you enter going like through the legs of some giant statue as well. Oh yeah, I can't Is that remember. where Arya went <laughs> yeah, to like yeah. train
1: or something like that? The, yeah. The Titan of Bravos. you're talking about. Yes. Titan-, Braavos, yes, the titan
2: so again this kind of made me uh think of that as well but um i don't know i don't yep. want to say i don't want to ever say that lord of the rings looks like game of thrones where it's, it's you know it's the other way around i suppose but um i'm still again when i saw this image i'm just i'm really excited to kind of get some footage and zoom into those little houses mm. and those little ports and just see I don't know, people going about their daily lives in, uh, well, not Middle-earth, but uh, in the island of Numenor, and I'm just, I don't know, just uh, I'm i excited to be back in the world of Tolkien, and uh, it's, yeah, it's 2022, it's going to be a good year. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: when, when you talked about, uh, you, you didn't want to compare too much to Game of Thrones, there was there was so much so much good in that show as well so i don't mind saying That's true. certain things look incredible like the way they looked in game of thrones also and good to know we also have um uh, a game of thrones expert as well as a silmarillion and lord of the <laughs> rings expert here the titan of bravos very good there you go um me. yeah i yeah, I've, to- I've
1: read the song of ice and fire books so i wouldn't say i'm an expert but <laughs> yeah Oh yeah. well, you've right. read them, no one else no, I'm with them. <laughs> <laughs> um but also our,
2: our listeners are gonna be learning something for once on
1: this
0: show, <laughs> yeah, they're always like unlearning things whenever they are <laughs> <laughs> correct correcting us, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's worth it, guys, um, I'm just looking at this fire thing for the first time. I never really noticed it before i I saw the building oh, on the left side, yeah, but there's mm. actual flame coming out of that. Does anyone have any idea what
2: this is? So for also for our listeners that can't see it, it's kind of the big sort of. It looks like a bell tower of some sorts, or like a yeah. I don't know, something that you might see in a cathedral, and yeah, there's it but
0: it has like, like the Olympic flame
2: on top. On top. I, I'm only just noticing it for the first Ooh,
0: time.
1: Olympic flame, yeah, you know, bigger. I I actually noticed this flame for the first time this afternoon. You know, having watched it several times in the middle of the night last night, mm. Um I noticed the flame this afternoon. Um There is a there's a story set in Numenor that Tolkien wrote, one of the only stories. The only real story that he wrote in Numenor, to be honest, um, which was half finished, sadly, uh, which is Aldarion and Erendis, which is a story about a kind of uh, failed marriage, basically, Um, which I won't summarize the whole thing. But during part of that story, the king or the heir to the throne, um, Aldarion, he he does build a lighthouse uh, um, off the coast of Romena, which is the city that I said this probably is. So maybe it's that. Oh,
2: wow. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There
0: you go. Well, that's the thing. Like, if they've gone into this much detail, they're definitely gonna be putting in these little Easter eggs and make you go, oh, that's the undale, undale, whatever (laughs) you say there. So, So, yeah, very good. I I actually did think uh, it looked quite like... uh, La Cinqueterre, is it where we both visited in Italy? Cinqueterre in yeah. Italy, I think it looks good with nice. like the things built into the yeah, hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that um, kind of Italian vibe. Which,
2: yeah, especially just right up here, right behind that sort of a statue thing as well. Yeah, you yeah, can see they're all just built into that hill, so it looks. Really and
0: it, it, since this is um, Numenorian, which is kind of like. I don't know, old Gondorian in a way, like same style. And uh, I remember that for Peter Jackson's films, they based a lot of their the style on of Ministers on Central Italy and I don't know Florence. And they they wanted to say Ministers was like the Rome of Gondor, basically. So I just think there's a lot of nice connections mm. here. It kind of looks a little bit like Italy, but, but.
2: E- yeah. But even as you said, Dan, like you or maybe one of the, I mean, maybe the general population don't know that story about the building of the lighthouse, but for you then as a fan, maybe they're not going to reference that story, but just the fact that it's there in the background, you could like see that and, and feel more like, oh, this is actually the world that has been lived in mm. and it is actually more the world of Tolkien. So they didn't need to go into that detail, but the fact that they, they are doing that means that maybe they're trying to leave these little Easter eggs or leave these little uh, touches and details for the fans who know even more than the the regular viewers. So, I, I, like for all the negativity and things that people are complaining about online. I, I, I see a lot of positivity, and I see a lot of. Mm. Uh, well, I'm, I've always been relatively optimistic about this show, and uh, all of these little details just make me like just kind of encourage me and keep that optimism going. So, uh, yeah, I'm very happy with all that.
0: Yeah, um, we can probably move on to the next shot. We'll we can skip. Up. Yeah, we can skip this one and just go straight to the Harfoot. Basically, we get this panning shot over these two nomadic hunters and beautiful landscapes before our little Harfoot says, There's wonders in this world beyond our wandering. I can feel it. And we get our first glimpse of the Harfoot, which is this little creature here. So, Johnny, um, what did you think of this creature with the horns coming out of her? Is that horns? It's supposed to be like an ancestor to a hobbit, but... Uh I don't know it kind of looked like something from Narnia.
2: What did you think? Yeah, that's that's immediately Narnia was uh the the thing that I kind of got in my brain when I saw this image and I was wondering first of all what what, what are these antlers or what what what's happening? I think it's just some sort of headdress that she's wearing. Wait, we're going to get probably, to antlers
1: in a minute. <laughs> Oh yeah, or yeah. If, oh yeah. Or if we skip past those, I think we skip
2: past. We 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 we, we just skip skip past the antlers right. there. You know, I mean, but, like um,
0: you, you you can talk about those antlers because
2: I just have no idea. I don't. I didn't <laughs> even know what to ask about them. I was like, right,
0: skip past. I've that. got
2: I've I've got no problem with those antlers. And again, uh, as I said, like we're going to see lots of you know kind of the the un the untold uh, stories of what happens in Middle Earth or or whatever. So, I mean, obviously Tolkien built this huge world and told a massive amount of detail and stories in it. But I still feel that we as like uh, fans of Tolkien can expect that there's going to be like peoples, tribes, cultures that we don't know anything about. And just the fact that these guys are just random hunters, it looks like, I don't know, maybe they hunt elk and that's their specialty. And at one time they thought, hey, when we're hunting elk, it'd be a good idea to wear antlers as, as to not scare them, maybe roll around in some... Uh, elk you know feces or something to be able to what the hunt, hell is you know? afraid of an elk <laughs> or maybe lots of things let's put this moose to good use <laughs> but you know uh, hunters uh, always have weird uh, I don't know fashion so you know maybe that's something that uh, happened from back in the day as well so I have no problem with those antlers, antler guys but when I saw this image of uh, this girl who's uh, confirmed to be a uh, uh, a hard foot or, uh, hardfoot or a hobbit, I suppose. Hardfoot. There's no D, is not it? No, I don't think so. Okay. Eh. Hardfoot. Okay, hardfoot, a <laughs> uh, hobbit. Uh, I was a bit concerned first when I saw the Andres because, as you said, it seemed kind of um, Narnia-ish, but I think that that's actually... Well, I don't know, actually. I, I just assumed, oh, no, it's probably really just some sort of a head design that she has on. But, um, yeah, what are what are your thoughts
1: on that, Dan? Well, it looks like she's got a few flowers tied in her hair to me. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it seems Narnia, but mm. it doesn't seem like a Hobbit either. It look, it, she looks like a child, honestly, yeah. rather mm-hmm. rather than a Hobbit. Um, I think it's kind of cool to have a female Hobbit be front and center, though. Um, so I, I kind of like the narrative opportunity that they've got there to tell a different story. Um, it's true. We've already had two male Hobbits, so mm. we didn't really need any more
0: Hobbits, and you know, F- that's, that's five really, a- including all the others. Um was yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Um, no
2: i was gonna say and so going back then to the the scene that we skipped over what were your opinions on those do you have an opinion on those guys with the antlers oh the antler men men um, silly
1: i yeah i don't have a problem with it either but that's mostly because i'm not a door frame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean yeah I, I, I don't know i'm just i i I'm, it's peculiar um hopefully there's a good reason for it um but yeah i we'll find out won't we <laughs> just-
2: hopefully there's a good reason but also hopefully we don't hear too much about that reason because i don't <laughs> yeah. want to be spending like half an episode with these guys and that's why we wear at as- <laughs> it's like okay great like, you know so but before we saw those guys or during uh the, the scene of them we did see some pretty cool sweeping visuals of the landscapes mm. of new zealand and yeah. there's always plenty of time for that in from in my opinion for uh, well in any sort of movie or series or anything to do with Tolkien I want to see landscapes and I want to see the the places of uh, where these people live so um, that was very welcomed yeah
0: and actually I don't know if you guys Dan you, I know you read the Vanity Fair article that came out with the with the trailer Johnny I'm not sure if you if you've gotten a chance to read that yet but they basically just said that those antlered men were basically to put this scene into perspective or just to give it a grand scale of massiveness I suppose so maybe that's the only time we're going to see them in the whole series but I never really had much of a problem I just kind of assumed that was something that they used to fend off unwanted beasts or something and maybe the beasts hmm. that they're hunting are so large that they need massive antlers so um <laughs> yeah no I, I I didn't really have any issues but yeah I I, th- I think that's I think we're sa- we're safe to move on to the next thing because around the halfway point in the trailer we get a beautiful waterfall and then immediately we get a glimpse of Galadriel for the first time jumping on this big ice wall which many believe to be the Hell and yes the, this, bu- the Bifrost. Yes the Bifrost. Mm. <laughs> um this is ripped straight from Game of Thrones, in my opinion. But uh Dan, can you explain what what the hell's going on here? And also can you explain what the
2: by bi- or the Helcaraxia is <laughs> the bi- to our unfamiliar listeners <laughs> <what> <laughs> that, that that's what I call it but uh, yeah I shouldn't I should start using its corrector on the the Helcaraxia.
1: Yeah, according to the Bifrost is actually kind of appropriate, actually in a way. Uh, this is a little bit of an aside, <laughs> but um, in the very early version of the mythology that is in the Book of Lost Tales, it actually there actually was a rainbow bridge that connected Middle Earth wow. and and Amman, uh-huh. um, <laughs> there you Um that he did rip directly from Norse mythology and then thought better of it in the end. Um, but no the uh the is the is the sort of bridge of ice at the Top of the world that connects Aman and the north of Middle Earth, and it's in the books. It's the route that Galadriel takes to, uh, not just Galadriel, but the the Noldor, the whole the host of the Noldor, uh, together take to escape Aman. Um, the story is quite complicated, but um, essentially there's a rebellion against the Valar, who were sort of the the gods of Middle Earth, in a way, um, and. Galadriel follows that rebellion um, for her own reasons in a way and there are different stories that Tolkien wrote about this so there are different versions of this story. Um, so yeah this was my first thought as well that this was the Helcaraxë, of um, which is the the grinding ice and it's um, it was thought to be impassable by the elves until Fingolfin mm-hmm. and his army uh, of which Galadriel was part uh, crossed that that bridge of ice um but you mentioned the um the vanity fair article they were claiming that this is not that and that it was actually the um the forehead which is the frozen waste at the top of the middle earth map the you know the third age map and the second age map um right. and that she could have okay. been um pursuing Um, evil in the north that she was trying to prove that evil wasn't defeated forever in the first age. So in other words she was up there looking for Sauron presumably. Mm. Um,
0: Yeah because it does say in that Vanity Fair article that most people believe that there isn't any evil or something along those lines and basically she's going out of her way and you know people kind of think she's a bit of a crazy one. Actually I have um, a quote from the article that says Her mission is to eradicate any trace of evil that costs so many lives, including that of her brother Finrod during Morgoth's tyranny in the First Age. So we get a little bit of a glimpse into what her actual goal and ambitions are in this show. So, um, yeah, I think I think this is a cool opening shot. I did. See someone on Twitter saying uh what video game is this from? And <laughs> when I look at it I am a little bit like uh, yeah maybe maybe they have a couple of months to touch up their CGI but uh yeah um I don't know what did you think Johnny did, did did you like the yeah. look of this brutal looking galadriel?
2: I mean uh yeah no I I I do and and as I said earlier in the episode as well I I really from the from the minute I heard that this was possibly going to be the way that the series was going following a younger more you know uh i think they called her fiery or something in the mm-hmm. in the vanity fair episode as well or vanity fair article so i like that idea of uh, following a younger galadriel who's more kind of you know um i don't know driven and more of a warrior kind of galadriel kind of thing i like that mm-hmm. idea in general um i have to say that this is one of the shots that i mean it looks really cool but also when i first saw the trailer i thought I'm not too sure if she looks in her face that she's actually struggling to hold on to the handle of a dagger while, like, gripping to the edge of a cliff of ice. So it just, it it doesn't look like, also, her arms are, like, a little bit bent. So it just, I, again, I know elves weigh, like, nothing, but imagine you're hanging on to something, your, your arms aren't going to be bent, they're going to be, like, completely straight because you're going to, well, I don't know, maybe, Dan, you can correct me on this, like, for an elf that's hanging or like doing a chin up. Is it just the same as doing absolutely nothing or do they actually feel the weight of their own bodies?
1: Well, she's wearing armor as well. So you'd have to think that she's fairly weighed down. Um, Yeah. It's uh, from that point of view, it is interesting. Um, And yeah, as you say, maybe the visual effects aren't quite right here. Maybe they've got some color grading that they still need to look at or something along those lines. Um, I actually wanted to talk about another couple of details in this image though. Um, Sure. which mm-hmm. I appreciate your viewers can't see, but they probably have seen the trailer. Um, there are, there are, so there are a couple of emblems on her shoulders there, which are eight pointed stars, which is the emblem in the books of the house of Feanor, who is another Noldor elf. Um, but Galadriel is not part of that house. She, her father was Feanor's half brother. So for her to be wearing those is a bit unusual. Um, and if this is the
2: Helcaraxis, she would have just been, like, betrayed by Fëanor recently before that. Exactly. Uh, is Yes.
1: So, I think that what they're doing here is that they Because we've also seen the same emblem on other elves, including Gil-galad. Um, so, I think they're kind of using that emblem as a symbol of the whole of the Noldor. It okay. It seems to be. Um, the other thing, of course, as well, she's, that dagger is the same dagger that we saw in the poster image of her hands yeah. that she's mm-hmm. holding. Uh, which has the two trees of Valinor on the on the pommel there. So cool. Um, so that's a nice reference as well.
0: Yeah, it is a beautiful looking dagger. And uh, her armor is also quite cool. She does look a little bit like someone from Monty Python the, yeah. <laughs> with, with the armor. It's, it's, it's a bit clunkier than um, what we're used to seeing in Peter Jackson's uh, films, like just looking at the elves. Because I, I did see someone saying like, why are these elves looking so weird? And you kind of have to put into perspective as well that this is thousands of years before as well. So if things don't look like Peter Jackson's, then, um, you know, there's there's reasons for that too. Uh, but also straight after this shot, we get the, the shot of Galadriel with her castaway friend, Halbrand who mm-hmm. is actually a new character. And they are on a raft in the Sundering Seas. And I think the visuals are quite good they're actually brilliant i was i was really impressed with it but uh i have heard that this is completely new and there's no story with galadriel in the seas at all especially not with any character called halbrand
2: so i mean obviously it looks pretty it looks pretty good mm-hmm. uh, i like the scene i like the shot of the actual the boat going through the water uh, it's going through those giant waves it looks pretty terrifying I am like terrified of the the, the idea of being on a ship, uh, in a storm like this in the sea. It just absolutely freaks the shit out of me. So, um, (laughs) and, uh, this guy on his raft that he made, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I again, just there's so little information. I don't think I have anything that I can even say about it. It looks, this shot looks like the color grading has been done maybe a little bit better than a couple of the other shots that I've seen. So I like the kind of dark almost like moodiness in this shot as well. Uh, at nighttime, at sea, in a storm, that's going to be probably a, a, quite a scary scene. So yeah, I, I like it. But again, I don't know anything about it. I know that this is orig- an original character. I've got no problem with this type of, an, uh, this this inclusion of new characters into the series as well. I know that a lot of people have big issues with that and they don't want anything except the original material. I, Me personally, I don't mind it, uh, as long as we know that from the start as well. It's, it's going to be including new characters and it's going to be you know taking some of the parts of uh, Tolkien's world that we love but then it's also going to be including other things I I understand that I understand how that that's how a series like this has to be and even the big changes that we'll probably speak about later with the the compression of the timeline again I don't have a problem with it really because it's kind of unavoidable maybe in terms of uh, creating this, uh, uh, this type of a narrative so or yeah, maybe they could that's...
0: have just given us, like, a thousand seasons, which I would be in all for <laughs> as well, so uh, I don't know. But what what, what do you make of the scene, Dan? Do you think uh, Galadriel is going to be doing some things that we don't see her doing in the book?
1: Yeah, undoubtedly, yeah. She doesn't ever get stranded at sea in any version of the stories that I'm aware of. Um, uh, there is a version where she does sail um, from Amman to Middle-earth um, instead of crossing the hell correct, so this is um but yeah i don't think this is that this is clearly a new storyline that they've come up with for her um yeah i like it though it's convincing as you say johnny it's like it, the lighting's good the the cgi looks good um i mean they shot this in a massive aquarium so it's you know it's very much practical as well but um mm. i like it and i'm i'm intrigued by this character as well i like the look of him um, and interested to see where they go with that story
0: yeah who knows it's it could turn out to be a fan favorite and it is funny because uh, a lot of people did complain with new characters being added because there's so much lore to take from the Silmarillion and from Unfinished Tales and or, or wherever even the appendices so a lot of people wonder why did we need to add new characters but look they have a story figured out so let's hope that uh, the story's good and these characters slot in like jelly so, yeah, let's trust the process, guys. Prus- yeah, trust the process. No, let's trust the process. <laughs> um, the next few shots are all quite quick, but first we're going to look at deer I think is how you pronounce it. And this is the Sylvan Elf showing off some bow and arrow skills. Uh, I think, Dan, you said in your video, I'm trying to remember, deer is just kind of like a male name or a male yeah. to, have to have at the end of the name and Aaron is that tree or am I getting mixed up with someone? yeah
1: those? I think it's an elvish root that's in both Quenya and Cinder that is basically tree yeah so um also he's got the armor with the kind of tree-ish looking man on the front of it mm. which makes me think that's of Ents true, yeah um so I wonder whether he's going to be connected to the Ents in some way it should be interesting yeah um, I'd like to see more very cool. more Ent stuff going on in the second age because there's no mention of them anywhere in the second age um yeah yeah, that, that's actually very true. It would, it would be cool to see. We we saw in Peter
0: Jackson's films how the the Ents were or the elves taught the ants how to speak and all and like they woke them up. It would be cool to see a character. I know we're going to get into it as well. We have this character does have a relationship with a human, uh-huh. but it'd be cool to see an elf and tree relationship, and not the way that you're thinking, <laughs> but you know, just like to see how the elves woke the trees up, how they interact <laughs> with them, and all that kind of carry on um but yeah actually before we carry on um what what did you think dan about the whole relationship that this man is going to or this elf is going to be having with a human
1: uh yeah uh, i'm open to it um there are several different unions between elves and and men um usually elf women and male men um in the legendarium this is obviously these are two new characters um I think the intriguing part for me is the fact that this is happening in a part of the map that we've never seen before either. Uh, in the first Vanity Fair article that came out last week, they spoke mm. about this and they said that this was in the Southlands in a village called Tir Harad, which um, Harad is Sindarin for South, um, and the Haradrim were the guys that were had the giant elephants in the, in the movies and the mm. books. Um, so... I, I suspect that this will be a village within the southern sort of part of the world that we haven't really had any stories about before. So that's that's interesting to me. Um, which would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The, mm, the first part of that fun. village named Tyr, as well, is um, is a, it's another root word, is a verb for to guard or to watch, which we see in the names Minas Tirith, um, mm. Tyrion, and uh, a few others. The other places as well so it the name sort of means watch over the south which makes me think that it might be kind of like a border territory that's yeah. um kind of that's cool there in place to watch for possible invasion or something like that i'm just you know i'm speculating here but yeah oh man Mid- Very cool.
0: middle earth is so cool like isn't it? Like just words. I just.
1: Words
2: just but even like to each other. Like, the, yeah, like, this, yeah. This, this comes I from that. Say, uh, that yes, it's just it's so cool. I love the names when you hear the name of a place and then they say, well, this comes from this or just like when we did that before speaking about uh, some of the weapons in Middle Earth and we broke down the names of like Anduril and mm-hmm. things like that. And yeah. And we're saying like, oh, this is, it's so, and Dave and I were, were speaking about how we think it's amazing how Someone like Aragorn or whoever just gets a weapon and says, "I shall call it," and they come up with the most amazing epic <laughs> yeah. name. That's just like how you need months to think of it. Isn't real like shining?
0: Real is like t- t- glitter, gl- or glitter, or, or shine, and, or something like that. Like Mithril. So like and, s- and- s- Anduril. Yeah,
2: yeah, and Yeah, Johnny I can't remember. I yeah, wanted
0: to ask you about this shot because I know this uh, has a special place in your heart. But does this shot? look like are Which are one? we getting this one? yeah this one right here the one of your man with the bow are we yeah. getting reminders of legolas's physics from the hobbit or do you think this might be better the way he just catches the arrow in the
2: same No I don't as, I wouldn't say it when as far as like battle of five armies type uh, of <laughs> maybe ridiculous physics um in case and, anyone doesn't
0: know what we're talking about we're basically referring to when legolas is running up falling stones and physics just goes out the window but uh yeah, and this this shot, he catches an arrow. Like that's pretty impressive, right?
2: But it's it's physically possible, I suppose, at least. So sure, um, it's true. not going beyond the realms of, of physics, I suppose. So uh, I don't have a problem with it really. And again, I think it's just some sort of a silly, flashy thing that they're putting into the uh, the, the teaser trailer. Again, sometimes you see uh, things that that appear in teaser trailers that actually never even feature in the the actual series. True. So. Maybe this is just trying to get people excited and hyped for like, oh, it's kind of like Legolas 2.0 or something. He's going to be doing similar things. Like, I mean, again, some of the things that Legolas did in the original movies, like sliding down uh, the trunk of an of a, like a, a mummical or sliding down the stairs on a shield, they were a little bit ridiculous, but still, I awesome. loved them. Ooh. And <laughs> uh, I mean, they were they were brilliantly done. They were brilliantly shot. Again, that's why I think. Just maybe they just went a bit too far with the, some of the stuff in the Battle of the Five Armies, but hmm. here I think it still looks cool, I think it still looks nice. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't have any problem with it, I think it's cool. I think it's also cool for younger generations of kids to see this kind of like uh, elf doing these cool tricks with bows and, bows and arrows. So, yeah, I've uh, for me, it's all good. I mean, they're probably trying to establish in the one second that
0: they're showing this elf that he is an absolute boss archer, so I think they've done that pretty pretty damn well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so um the next shot we get onto is the famous meteorite and and then also a shot of gilgalad it seems here but first the meteorite i know um dan you you mentioned it as well in in your um, reaction video but we're getting an awful lot of talk about this meteorite from uh, fellowship of fans mm. and just out there in the fandom but can you explain to us and our listeners
1: what that is and what's going on no (laughs) i have no idea um i've only heard the same rumors that you have i I know fellowship as well i know you've had him on the channel as well um yeah the rumor is that there's a meteor that crashes to earth and that there will be a mysterious man who emerges from it and that he will meet the hobbits um and that he will be kind of an amnesiac. Uh, he won't remember his own identity. At least, that that so it would appear. Um, could Jesus Christ? It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> uh, so that's about all we know about it. Um, we're going to see him, I think, later on in the trailer, emerging from a blazing mm. inferno of fireball, and some, some potentially some hobbit is helping him out. <laughs> um sure. but I can't tell you too much more than that. Um other than How, it, if it's a, what are your what are your what are your emotions towards it? Are you excited for Are you a little bit worried a I'm bit, a little bit worried, uh, yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little bit worried. When I first heard about this, I thought that this doesn't sound very Tolkien to me. What mm. where have they got mm. this from? Um people in my comments section on YouTube have been saying similar things. where this this is peculiar, it doesn't seem very Tolkien. Um The only mention of a meteor that I know of anywhere in Tolkien's works uh, is um, just this uh, meteorite ore that um, actually Aeol, who was uh, one of the characters in the chapter that you guys voiced, um, or that Dave voiced, um, he was like an armorsmith and a weaponsmith and he forged weapons and armor with this meteorite ore, um, which the only place... black, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a black, it's called uh, Galvorn, he calls it, his um, kind of alloy that he he creates like a black metal um and that mm. technology was lost after the first age so as far as we know there'd be no reason for that to be a plot that they mm. would pick up in the second age but um sure but yeah the uh, the character that rides in on the comet would have well, the comet it's more of a meteor isn't it mm.
2: um
1: he would have to be a superhuman character that would have to be able to withstand that kind of heat and physics um so you would have to think it would be somebody pretty powerful so some maya maybe or sauron maybe maybe Uh, like um
0: yeah i don't want to say tom bombadil because he's supposed to be like older
1: than all of this right yeah yeah it's not Mm. it shouldn't be tom bombadil i think that'd be odd if it is
0: but they did kind of th- use a lot of words like enigma and mm. I don't know. There was a lot of Tom Bombadil type things. But I think, with I, I can't material. remember
2: where this came from. But I think a lot of people have been saying that it's been pretty much confirmed that this character could be an evil character. Oh, really? Again, I heard that from some places. And again, there's been so much information flying around. I can't remember if so much Twitter, yeah. if somebody said it. But wherever I saw it, it seemed like it came from a source that somebody was saying that They seem to be pretty sure. But then again you Know that's the internet, so maybe, yeah. Some people just say, <laughs> I know this is happening, so we don't know, but for me, uh, yeah, I, I agree that maybe, uh, like Amaya Maya or um, maybe like one of the Astari, one of the blue wizards, uh, is a possibility as yeah. well, but then also maybe like the, the possibility of maybe a, like a Sauron appearing uh, as Anatar and not knowing his past and thinking he's just some you know, some good elf and then. Uh, kind of getting his memories back little by little and realizing that he can, you know, um, maybe convince people to do uh, things that they shouldn't do or whatever and kind of uh, turn turn them from the so inside. Maybe like befriending people initially with completely good intentions and then like worming his way into his friendships that way. And then after a while, kind of becoming evil because he remembers his past or something. like that. But I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 very open to speculation, but I agree with Dan as well that, I'm a little bit... This is probably the most... uh, This is the the part that I'm most nervous for. And it doesn't feel really Tolkien-esque like you said, Dan. And that is something that kind of worries me. The whole idea of just uh, a meteor man landing on a planet like from Krypton or something (laughs) just doesn't seem... Doesn't seem really uh, within the same world. But we'll see. Again, as I've been pretty optimistic and I am pretty optimistic and I'm hopeful for, for most aspects of the series. So... I'm going to again, I'm going to let this play out. I'm not going to make up my mind before I get to see any more. So, um, I mean, Johnny, you touched yeah. on it
0: there about like this possibly being a Maya. Uh, Dan, can I just ask because they talk in the books about you know the the blue wizards coming in in whatever the year 1000, I think it was. But does it mention how they arrive? Like, do they arrive on ships or they're just like sent from Valinor, right? Or they're sent
1: from wherever well Gandalf definitely arrives on a ship because he when he arrives in the third age he arrives Mm. at Mithlond and meets um the ship right and gets his ring at that point so yeah I I assume that they all arrive in the same way that I wouldn't think that Tolkien (laughs) would you know had them arrive on a meteor and then not remember their own names that would be a peculiar way of the Valar to send yeah. their, their messages, <laughs> um, messengers. Maybe they sent like yeah. hundreds of them and only like one or yeah. two survive. and <laughs> There's only like five starry. I have a
0: really important message to tell you guys. Wait, I can't remember what it is. Oh, crap. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just kind of was thinking there. Like, maybe maybe it's
1: it a bit. Kryptonian. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's... It could be.
0: Johnny, yeah. what did you think of this look of
2: gil Gallad? Yeah, I like it. I like it. He's, um, he's cool. Again, I—I I mean, maybe as we said before, maybe they need to do some a little bit more color grading. I think the color is quite good. I do—I do think maybe his face is a little bit too. It looks like he's got like perfect, perfect makeup. But then again, he is an elf, he's so they—they yeah. they are, you know, perfectly clean beautiful. and uh, beautiful all the time. But I do like the look of him with his there with his dark hair and dark features, dark eyes, mm. and. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's literally half a second, so it's cool. I like the little golden petals on the ground as well to kind of go with his gold uh, outfit. So, um, yeah, he's looking good. He was like, oh, it's been a, a gold petal day. I think I'm going to get my gold gear on. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... It's autumn time. I don't know. <laughs> gold galad. Uh, any any extra
0: insight there, Dan, or is this basically what you see is what you get?
1: Not really. We don't, we don't have much context. We just have, uh, you know... Uh, three-quarter yeah. angle view of his forehead and his nice shiny armor, <laughs> don't we? So um, there's not much to go on there. I will say this is about as much as we got in the uh Peter Jackson movies of Gil Gallad was about half a second of him <laughs> in the prologue. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in the actual show. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's we've much. already got more of him in the teaser than uh, in
2: the entire uh, Lord of the Rings series uh, of movies. So that's yeah, I, that's definitely a good point.
0: So moving on we get another great shot of Galadriel ch- charging on horseback followed by her again finding a horrible creature and then running away but first let's look at this uh charge uh, I think this looks pretty cool Johnny what are
2: your thoughts on yeah everything epic. here epic epic yeah I like it uh, It reminds me of almost kind of uh, don't, I don't know what is the word this, I- <laughs> game of thrones i go say <laughs> No 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 I was going to say remind me of Pelennor Fields oh, okay. when we see Gandalf charging out to, like uh, with his staff I don't know why even though he's on his own and he's charging out to kind of uh, uh like shoo away the Nazgûl uh, <laughs> uh just just the, the imagery of uh the, the I don't know the mountains in the background and I don't know just you know landscape shots in New Zealand are all are always
1: going to be incredible so mm. uh, I like it I like it yeah again not too much to say about it but it looks great It could well have been shot in a similar location actually to the to the Pelennor Yeah, Yeah, maybe. It looks very similar to the the way the White Mountains and the Pelennor look. Hmm. Wouldn't be surprised. Well, I I
0: hope they use as much of New Zealand as they possibly can, because, I don't know, it doesn't look like they're going to be back there for season two. So, look, we can put that into another podcast uh, discussing why they're moving location. But anyways, on to the next bit. There seems to be some sort of monster or troll thing here. And Dan,
1: what are your thoughts on this (laughs) what's going on um i don't know what's going on but uh i yeah i think troll is the best fit for what this creature is um Mm -hmm. uh, i'm gonna appeal to fellowship of fans again here and say that he actually uh did rumor this a long time ago and um they they reported on this quite some time ago and they, they described it as an ice troll which isn't a thing in tolkien really but um But if Galadriel is up there in the north um, adventuring on her own or with a small party looking for evil, maybe trying to track down Sauron, and she encounters beasts up there that were remnants of the armies of Morgoth, that kind of makes sense um, Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, I mean,
0: who's to say that ice trolls don't exist? We've got trolls all over the place. Maybe you've got trolls up a little further north and they're just very cold and they have some icicles attached to them and maybe some extra tusks Mm -hmm. so yeah i I don't mind there's wiggle room there right yeah
1: why not yeah they can invent new monsters why not (laughs) johnny what do you think of this guy
2: yeah i'm i i did not know what was going on with his mouth first when i when i first saw it i thought it was like some weird i don't know uh I thought it was like his lips had detached from his face or something. Oh, I didn't know really what was going on. I didn't know that they were tusks until you just said the were tusks right now because they look like some weird, I don't know what they are. Well, I, I assumed that they're tusks, maybe. Yeah, yeah, tusks that would make horns, more sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, I strolled just a very cold troll. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and again, yeah, I, I agree with what you said there, Dave, that I don't, if it hasn't been specifically mentioned in the writings of Tolkien. And by the way, there were ice trolls or whatever, if that's hmm. not specifically written, I still, I don't mind the fact that they're actually going to go beyond that and invent new, as I said before, uh, new tribes or new peoples, new cultures and even new types of uh, weird monsters and we know that the the unnamed uh, the nameless things, things. In, yeah, that's the nameless thinking. things, sorry the nameless things that we, there's loads of stuff, there's loads of like monstery things in Middle Earth, in certain parts, in the deep places of Middle Earth that we don't really know anything about, so yeah, I'm not saying this is one of the nameless things, I'm just saying that there are creatures that hmm. we you know, it could have just been a little bit more mutated and as you said, mm-hmm. if it's up north near the the like where Morgoth is hanging out and where he's been experimenting on uh different creatures. Sure, why not? This could be just one of a many different types of new creatures that they introduced.
1: Yeah, I experimenting is the right word. I, I like to say that um Morgoth had uh like an evil R and D department where he was just kind of like cooking up <laughs> different kind of monsters all the time and there's just like a kind of like a chalkboard of different ideas and stuff and <laughs> mm. um him him and Sauron <laughs> were coming up with new ways to create more nastier monsters constantly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, why not?
0: And I I th- I think there's so many times as well when when you're looking at the books by Tolkien and he might just say unnamed evil or there is evil there and maybe they're just trying to put a face to the words and actually visualize what some of these things that he doesn't specifically get into um maybe that's what they're trying to do Mm -hmm. but anyways uh moving on to the next one i'm probably going to quick fire some of these because we do see uh the trailer squashes about 10 shots into like two or three seconds uh so first we get the flashing shot here of the elves in a forest and i'm assuming that this is the same location where gil is but uh first of all daniel do you have any idea where this forest is or what's going on
1: yeah it's probably lindon um it looks very similar to the uh still image that we got from vanity fair last week which the caption told us was lindon so it's the your, one
0: of elrond and galadriel wasn't it
1: yeah that's the one yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Um and the next shot we get our look at Durin, Durin the Fourth. Johnny, what do you think of this guy?
2: Yeah, uh I like him a lot. Uh he looks cool. He looks down to earth. Uh, down to Middle-earth. Not again, not too much <laughs> down to Middle-earth. Not too much to say about him again. I know that there's some people online that are maybe not happy with the fact that at this time maybe we were more expecting it to be Durin the Third instead of Durin the Fourth because he was the one who receives the ring. Mm. But again, I and we'll speak about that maybe a little bit more in a moment where yeah. they do have to compress the timeline a little bit. And for me personally, I mean, again, this is something that we, we, we've we touched on many times before in this podcast where because we came up uh, watching the movies and then later on in life we saw the differences from the books like uh, the fact that the elves didn't arrive at Ham's Deep and things like that, that we didn't really have a big problem with that initially. And then when we saw, when we read the books, we were like, oh, actually, it didn't happen this way that I can understand the reason for the change. It was kind of cool visually. Again, in a similar way, now I know more about the lore and now I understand the difference between maybe during the third and during the fourth. But for me, I can understand the reason for those types of changes as well. And I can go back to almost my uh, who I was when I went to see the movies, that that kind of a detail wasn't hugely important to me then. Now, obviously, maybe there are some people that say the elves should never have gone there and whatever. And I understand that point of view as well. But as mm. we've said when you don't have that preconception going into something, maybe it's not such a big deal. And they probably know that the wider audience won't really know the differences between the two, the, well, the different, all the different Durans and that um, the importance of the name of Durin and whatever. But again, details like that, I can understand the reasons for those types of changes, but uh, yeah, but this guy personally, visually, yeah, I really like him. I think he looks yeah. cool. I mean, Dan, there's
0: obviously a reason for him not being during the third. We just, don't know what that reason is and i assume it's something to do with the compressed timeline which we'll get into in a little bit but um wh- what do you think is going on because of course he's prince duran the fourth i believe he can't duran uh can't just be like the name of the 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 son he can't just be like my dad is duran i'm the next duran because it didn't have to be mm-hmm. like duran reincarnated something like that so there's Durns that come around every i don't know once in a while it's it's rare for someone to be named Durin. so you yes. can't just throw that out there but obviously amazon must have a reason behind this so does that fill you with any confidence or are you still a bit bewildered
1: i th- well it's an it's an artifact of the compression of the timeline as you say um during the third was as you said was the dwarf who was given the ring of power for the longbeards um and uh, i was expecting that to be the dwarf king that we we would probably see on screen Durin the fourth was the Durin who was present during the war of last alliance so if you're going to depict both of those you need to pick one or the other so that's what they've done um, so that's that's what's right. going on there basically um, so yeah. yeah it's not in and of itself it's not really a big issue but it's a symptom of the issue of compressing the timeline which we'll, we'll, we'll exactly. talk about later exactly exactly
0: grand um so moving on we have our first glimpse of elrond and he's looking pure pure badass pure i don't know boy zone <laughs> 1999 <laughs> very very 90s yeah what time. do you guys what do you guys make of that I'll, I'll let whichever one of you wants to take the floor first we we'll give it to dan all right Dan. <laughs>
1: um uh yeah so yeah it's I'm not sure about the context. He looks like he might be indoors, maybe underground somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. He's got this odd sort of object in his hand, which I'm still not sure what it is. He was holding that in the poster image that we saw as well. At least I assume it's the same object. Mm. It looks like the same thing. Um, Maybe we're seeing the other end of it, because the end that we saw in the poster image looked like it had a kind of palace on the top of it, um, which some people are suggesting is gondolin, Others are suggesting that it could be another city, but um, curious about that. Uh, I like the costume. Um, I really and like the costume. The, my main overriding emotion about this is that I really wanted to see more of Elrond than this. So they're keeping this tightly under wraps. Perhaps we'll see a lot more of him in a second trailer if we get one.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And I I had the same feeling that I I wanted to see more of Elrond. But again, this is our first actual teaser trailer of any any sort of length. So like you said at the beginning, Dave, maybe they're just trying to introduce the characters to us, let us see their faces for the first time in their clothes, uh, apart from just getting a shot of close ups of hands. So it's just like very slowly, here's Good. an ear. <laughs> you know, Here's the name of the show. Here's now some hands holding an apple. Yeah, here's a toenail. Now you can see their faces for a, like a third of a second. Yeah. And so it's very like, you know, drip, drab kind of information coming out. But again, yeah, I, I, like you said, Dan, as well, I'm expecting maybe another trailer to come out within the next few months and get a little bit more, maybe even, even saying some sentences. That might be nice. Mm. Uh, some actual dialogue but, uh, I, way, actually, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, but we'll 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 have to wait for that. But I do like just again, same as Durin. I like the look of him. I think he looks good. I I didn't really like the idea of this character, this sorry, this actor when I first heard about it because I just I don't know. There's something about his visual appearance that I just didn't really like from when he was in Game of Thrones. I just thought he he just looks like a bit of a strange guy, <laughs> and I don't think he looked like when I saw his face. I just didn't think he looked like an Elrond to me, but. In this image, in this shot that we have,
1: yeah. uh, he looks very cool. So maybe that's put that uh, doubt to rest. The hair feel, color is yeah. slightly wrong in terms mm-hmm. of the books, but I'm not any more fussed about that than I am about the races of the it's actors. It's supposed to be black, right? Yeah, it's supposed sure. to have darker hair than that. But yeah, um, yeah, it's not really a big deal. Uh, look, for
0: me. it was the '90s. Maybe he just went for a little streak of brown, got some highlights. He was experimenting, so we don't we don't really know. Um, that's what we got. Sure. Um, But yeah, one thing that I think Dan mentioned earlier that we we get to see a lot of Galadriel in this trailer. So we get about five shots of Galadriel. Maybe that's just because her storyline is what they're most comfortable with releasing or letting people speculate more on. We kind of have more of a grasp of what she's doing, but they're not giving us anything to do with Elrond. And I like that. They're not... The, the, there Maybe a lot of the Galadriel stuff happens in the earlier episodes and maybe the Elrond stuff, they're like, oh, we can't really give that away because
2: it's too spoilery. So I don't mind only seeing as face. And as as Dan mentioned earlier as well, with like uh, Keller Brimbor and characters like that that we haven't yeah. seen at all yet. And so, you know, there is still a lot to come and we shouldn't expect to get too much information or too... Yeah, we shouldn't expect too much from a one-minute teaser trailer either. So. The the
1: one thing that they have said about Elrond is that, or at least that Vanity Fair have said, is that he's a young and politically ambitious Elrond, which mm. is um, an interesting way of characterizing Elrond. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily describe him that way myself. It's not my impression of him <laughs> as a character, really. But, um, but there's a couple of different ways that you could take that. Is he politically ambitious, as in he's... Um, you know, is he ambitious in his in his own self, is it in his own career, or does he have ambitions as a statesman? You know, is he connecting different peoples in the map and forging new alliances and that kind of thing? Because I could see him that I could see him sure. that way, very much. Because Gil Galad right. does that. You know, in the books, um, there are reports about Gil Galad reaching out to the Numenorians and that sort of thing, and of course, eventually forming the Last Alliance. So, perhaps that is the context that we'll see Elrond in, but.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or is it going to be politi- politically ambitious in kind of a House of Cards? Yeah, or, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> or, I can't see that. It, it, yeah, pushing people. No, out no, of the exactly. <laughs> but but when when I read that in the Vanity Fair article as well, I kind of had a similar kind of when I heard politically ambitious, it just made me feel almost dirty inside. I was like, mm. oh, I don't, I don't know if I like that. But uh, maybe it could be the second uh, option of what you said, which would be cooler uh, and maybe, yeah, maybe it just that, that would make a little bit more sense. Hopefully,
0: yeah. Um, we the, the next shot we get is of this one here of the queen. This is a queen dwarf. Uh, her name escapes me. Disa, isn't it? Disa, yes. yeah, Disa. But um, actually, I didn't realize this until I read the Vanity Fair article. But she's actually singing here, and she's um, actually what she's singing here. And oh, okay. What, Dan, you probably remember it better, but it's something to do with like uh singing to the mountain or (laughs) something
1: (laughs) something along those lines are you talking about the misty mountain song in the they said
0: something in the in the article about how uh how the way that they actually carved through the mountains there was a lot there was a great deal of singing involved and okay they know maybe maybe did i just misread that completely but anyways, no, probably singing, not. Yeah, so I
2: probably just missed it myself. I don't know. Really excited for that. Really excited to see a lot of Kazo Doom, So that's gonna be that's gonna that's, be sweet.
1: That's really interesting. I didn't realise that she was singing, but that yeah, she does look a bit opera singer there, actually, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. Cool. She's
0: cool. I do like the look of her for
1: a Dwarven Queen. Me too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's not get into the beard situation.
1: Yeah, she looks badass. I like
2: I like the eye makeup.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it looks like she's happy to get her hands dirty as well <laughs> yeah. and work alongside with the men and uh,
0: get gold all over herself, so that's cool. Yes, uh, so the next shot is a small one of Gladriel. It looks like she's about to get a haircut or something, but I assume this is taken <laughs> from the raft as well, so she's with her friend Halbrand, isn't it? Yes. Yes, so um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if we get a great deal from this shot either. I think it's self-explanatory, but the next shot is the fireball scene which is as described a tall shaggy haired man rising out of a burning crater and the half girl reaching her hand out so this is the crater man um i don't know this is where the trailer started getting a
1: little bit weird but what are your thoughts on this dan (laughs) um yeah i don't know i mean we already kind of covered this a little uh Mm. Yeah, he's a mystery. He's supposed to be a mystery. You speculated about Tom Bombadil earlier. Um, Yeah. uh, If he emerges from this raging inferno of destruction and then suddenly starts singing about his clothing in trochaic (laughs) meter, then it's going to be quite a short mystery. Um. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And I mean, he's like, no offense to Tom Bombadil, but he's
0: so unimportant in the books. Uh, like you could just take those chapters out he's <laughs> so like I don't know what kind of grand scheme they have planned for this character if it, and it, if it seems was like they've be been saying
2: Bobbin. that it seems like they're sort of teasing again that season one this guy's going to be one of the most important yeah, characters yeah it, it in, seems in to this be this the season, main
0: so. yeah the the Hobbit and this Enigma character meeting up so so we'll have to see yeah, but and there he is
2: being born in flames it looks like
0: so. by the way I, again, I, I don't know is this spoiling anything for you but it was confirmed in the uh, article that the two hands at the end of the trailer is actually this um, this, this guy. guy and the hairfoot foot as well so yeah um,
1: that's, in the that's, poster that's, images he was the one with the apple in his hand as well
0: yeah yeah exactly hmm. um, so then finally we get on to some dude smashing a, an open rock Ooh, who the heck is this guy John
2: I just imagined it was Dory yeah. just showing off his rock smashing skills uh, what's, but, what's he uh, doing <laughs> uh, I don't know again I mean this is, these are not my own words because it's just something that I heard other people say maybe he has discovered maybe Mithril or something like that which would maybe make sense or maybe well.
1: this is but, part of the Meteor from Meteor Man <laughs>
0: ah,
2: could be
1: maybe yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I don't know Right. Again, we we don't know where his meteor has landed. They and could be in completely like different locations. It seems like gil Galad spotted him coming over, then the Harifuts were there, and then maybe he's up with the, with the dwarves. So it's just he, he gets around with his... Maybe he just carries around a piece of his meteor. <laughs> and says, will oh, that's the elves, and now I'll ask the dwarves what they think. But, I do um, like the
0: look of those dwarves behind him, though. They they all just look yeah, very Tolkien. Yeah. And
2: it looks like... I thought it was maybe an axe first, but now if you like, we've just paused his image, it looks like that's just like a, some sort of a war hammer kind of thing mm. that he's using to... To smash it open if we can see that top part up there. Yeah. But um, if I slow it down.
0: Yeah, it looks like Ooh. a hammer of some sort. Um, yeah. But, but then the next the cool. next one we have is some other dude leaping in chains. And I'm not 100% sure who this is, but do you know, Dan, who this could be? He's got a big axe as well. Not
1: for certain, but it, I think it's a Rondier again. Okay, that's the elf, isn't it? Yes, the yeah, the, okay, the elf yeah. of the south, the Sylvan elf, mm. played by Ish- that Ishmael. We saw catch, catching Kredova. the arrow. Yeah, I think it's him. Uh, I don't know if that's been confirmed mm. anywhere, but it certainly looks like him to me.
2: Yeah, I th- I just immediately thought that that's I thought it was that's it was obviously him, but then just now is the first time I've seen that it actually we can't really see his face too well, but. Yeah, I think it, I think that's pretty much it. And
0: then this shot is probably the most interesting one and I think it's been confirmed as Finrod and he's in a battle and he's wearing some pretty cool golden armor and we get to see our first glimpse of orcs as well. And I don't know about you mm. guys, but it does look like they're going for the makeup route, which would please me greatly. So, sure. Dan, what can you tell us about this? What Do you know what battle this could be
1: or what's going on here? Uh, most likely if it is Finrod, um, just to explain to your listeners as well, Finrod is the uh, older brother of Galadriel in the Silmarillion. Mm -hmm. Um, If this is him, and that does seem to be a semi-confirmed rumour at this point, then this, I think, is probably the Dagor Braggalak, which was the battle in the First Age where the siege of Angband was broken, uh, where Morgoth suddenly uh, burst through the the leagues of the Noldor. And... um, this is the first appearance of the first dragon. So the dragon Glaurung appears and um, lots of lava comes out of the um, the mountains of Angband. And uh, flame, the Dagor Bragalak is the Battle of Sudden Flame. Um, so that's, that's what happens mm. there. And we can see some fire in the background and some explosions going on and stuff. And um, clearly the elves are losing here as well, it looks like. So that's the most likely candidate. Mm. mm
2: yeah we actually just did an episode on dragons uh, a while ago, and we spoke about the possibility of seeing uh that battle or seeing yeah. Glaurung coming, coming coming out and uh we were just i mean that makes me very excited mm-hmm. if that's the possibility of seeing that so uh that
1: would be a finrod was certainly work. at that battle in the aftermath of that battle. he was rescued by uh Beren's dad and that was where the, he was Bower here and that was that the was Barahir, where the ring yeah. of Bower here stuff comes from, so that was the ring that uh, gets passed through t- time and space, and ends up on Aragorn's finger in the Third Age, and we actually see that in the movies. So that's where that ring came from. Um, so it mm. could be a cool prequel moment to get the backstory of that ring, as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, definitely. That would be deadly. Yeah, that, so... that was also
1: worn by the um, the line of the Lords of Andunier and Numenor as well. So that's something that we probably will see in the show at some point.
2: Yeah, and it might be nice to get some of the background on that on that ring because if you've only seen the movies a couple of times, you don't really know the importance of that ring, I suppose. Mm. So um,
1: it would be cool to to learn. A not magic, bit but it's much much older than the rings of power are. Cool. Mm. Yeah,
0: that's that's pretty pretty dope. And uh, yeah, this bat looks cool, and I really hope, really hope it's not just like a quick glimpse and a flashback, and we actually get a good decent battle here because, yeah, I need that.
2: And it'd be cool to see a battle where orcs are actually doing quite well against elves. Yeah. That could be quite interesting because normally we just see the elves cutting through the orcs like they're nothing and mm. maybe the fear like in the eyes cheese. of the elves when they when they first see, for example, Glauron the dragon coming out where they'd never seen a dragon before. And uh, so maybe it'd be so amazing to see these guys that were so used to like mopping the floor with these orcs and then they're in a battle and, a battle and suddenly this dragon comes out and there's just the terror that must have it'd been it been being, it being on their faces at that time so i'd really love to see that visualized yeah yeah so so that pretty much
0: sums up the trailer i think the last shot is the hands yeah we get the hands and we've already confirmed that this is the enigma mm-hmm. character and the harfoot and then we get the title of the rings of power um dan as well myself and johnny were talking about this just before you we came on air um we we're not sure if this is Howard Shore that did the music. I saw one person on Twitter said, "Before you guys ask, this is not Howard Shore." But um, yeah, do you know anything more that
1: like that guy would be in a position to know? I saw that tweet as well. Um okay. he is the the gentleman who wrote the book on the music of the Lord of the Rings movies, um, and he's, a, okay. he's quite a close personal friend of Howard Shore. So he okay. he would know. Um, so and. Actually, I, I didn't need that confirmation personally because it's clearly not how it's sure. Actually, I was, was going to yeah. say the the most disappointing part of this whole trailer was that the music was very generic trailer music. We, we said that as well before. It, it was very Just... standard generic trailer
0: music. Yeah. <laughs> but like, look, maybe they're saving all the good stuff um, for the next trailer. I don't know. I still feel like a lot of things that people took as a negative from this, I'm kind of trying to see the positives and trying to go, well, maybe they're just holding so much back because there's so much good stuff that they're going to give us. Cause we do know Howard Shore is involved and they didn't use his music here. So yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Even
2: though they, they, they did for the announcement of the yeah. power title. So uh, we know mm. that he is obviously currently working on some new stuff and Dave and I are always uh, really excited to hear any sort of new Howard Shore stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah, we, we, kind of, we were sp- speaking about that before you joined us today. Just how the the music was a little bit just kind of one dimensional and just like could have been taken from anywhere. Just, I need generic background music for a, t- yeah. a trailer. And, yeah, it could have uh, it
1: come from, you know, some royalty free music site. <laughs> to be like, honestly. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> they spent all their budget on the visuals. And they're like, crap,
2: we don't have any music. Let's get we've some spent, We spent a billion song. dollars on everything yeah.
1: else. I mean, we've got no money. We've got no money we'll for We'll ask some guy. So.
2: We'll, Ask some guy on Fiverr to quickly put us on... Quick, something somebody get
1: on the uh, the YouTube audio music library. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, Dan, before you go, I just wanted to ask you as well about, we, we touched on as well, the most controversial things that has come out from the Vanity Fair article, which the showrunners have told us, and it's all about the condensed time. So what does that really mean for... Well, I think what they said is it's it's so that characters aren't just going to be dying each season, but what does the condensed time mean and what does it mean for the series
1: well it means that they're um depicting there's three main events in the in the second age really and the the first one is the forging of the rings of power the second is the downfall of numenor and the third is the war of last alliance there are other there's other things that happen in the second age but those are the three main big ones Um, they and they're separated by about two thousand years in total so it means that those are going to happen within one human lifetime, basically. Um, it, I'm a little bit concerned by, it on one level, uh, which is that the the Numenor storyline is very much about mortality, and it's about how the Numenorians fear their their own death and envy the Elves their immortality, and that's why they attempted to invade Amman and and why spoiler alert ultimately (laughs) Numenor ends up under the ocean um Um. hopefully that's not too much (laughs) of a spoiler for people who uh don't know the books but that storyline is is dependent on you feeling the weight of their mortality and you, you kind of lose that without the history of hundreds of years I think um so I'm a little bit concerned about how they'll depict that um and and more generally as well, I mean the history is is something that the depth and the scope of the history is is something that's so strong about Tolkien's world building that mm. it it's be interesting to see how they still manage to replicate that and build that into the world that they're building for this show. Um, uh, I mean to a certain extent in a visual format you can do that just with the nifty visuals. We talked at the beginning about the uh, the statue in the the Numenorian harbour there and, and you get the sense of that being an important figure and it's very much reminiscent of the Argonath which is, is gives you that prequel moment and so on um so maybe the visuals will will tie that gap um but with you compressing the timeline to that extent I do think that I do feel as though there's something that's lost there the Tolkienian mm. aspect of the deep time um Mm. So that's my thoughts on it, basically. Um, I'm open-minded and uh, I'm interested to see how they solve some of these problems and and what they do with the narrative.
0: Yeah, well, here's hoping. Um, Like Johnny mentioned earlier, how we we wouldn't really know a lot of these facts before going into... Well, I know for myself, anyways, I didn't realize how much of a big deal it was until I heard everyone's opinions on it on Twitter about like the the condensed time. But yeah, uh, I'm just hoping that they, it's all for story reasons and it works out for the best in the end. So
2: Yeah, and maybe they can in some sort of way through flashbacks or something show the importance and the relevance of what you were saying we would miss out on in a compressed storyline where we could see that an elf has lived on for hundreds of lifetimes of other uh, men and uh whatever whatever other uh mortal races and that we can see the the importance or the maybe even the the emotion on the part of the elves and how they feel like you know they could never befriend uh or even less you know a form relationship with uh, yeah, someone that's a human that's a big part of
0: the elves right like that's why they don't exactly, have relationships yeah. well that's one reason why they don't have relationships and why they're so sad and glum and <laughs> care little for men and their silly ways (laughs) maybe the
1: uh, the relationship between the Haradrin woman Bronwyn and the Sylvan elf uh, maybe those themes will be explored through that relationship a little bit Mm, sure yeah maybe true Um, we'll see right well one last thing I wanted to ask both you guys as well
0: I'm not sure did you hear well I'm sure you you heard but the Saul I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right the Saul Zaints company is selling off the rights uh, to uh Sorry, selling off the rights to make movies and video games based on The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. So I wanted to ask what you guys think of this. Because, sorry, first of all, this includes the rights to uh, uh, TV shows with more than...
2: Theme park? Yeah,
0: TV shows with more than eight episodes, live events, merchandise, theme parks... And some rights across uh, additional token texts. The Silmarillion, Unfinished Tales, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and Amazon are being rumored to be sniffing around these. So, first of all, uh, Johnny,
2: what do, you, what do you think of this? Are you excited? Or anything? Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, again, we spoke about it in a recent episode where there's a possibility that Lord of the Rings could turn into some sort of, like, the new kind of Marvel Cinematic Universe with all sorts of different shows, like, spiraling off and getting little... Uh, sideshows and things like that and maybe that's for a good maybe there is well I don't want people to just completely you know squeeze every drop out of the the lemon of Tolkien or whatever but I think that there is enough material there to go around and to do some good work with it and me personally just any sort of Tolkien stuff that's going to be put out there series or movies or merchandise I'm gonna be first in line to to you know to gobble that up you'll be second after me and if it's a theme park in the future <laughs> that could be pretty impressive as well that could be really really cool i think we've spoken about that before oh, yeah. how, uh that would be a, a dream come true type of a theme park so yeah um
1: yeah very exciting dan what do you think uh the theme park thing was not open for me i had no idea that there was theme park rights that were even out there that that had been something that had been sold to sort science already um uh i mean my main thought is ching ching money um it's gonna <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be yeah. sold for a lot of money and there's basically two big contenders here there are the obvious ones is amazon of course and disney as well mm. and uh, i don't know which one i'd rather have the reins to the lord of the rings really um we, we'll know better after the series as well yeah we will i think um mm. you have to think amazon are definitely interested and the timing of this isn't an accident mm. isn't a coincidence
0: no yeah um I know I've asked it a couple of times on Twitter and it's been met with many responses but if you guys could design last question if you guys could design one ride for a Middle Earth themed theme park what would it be Johnny you start
2: oh god uh
0: Right, while you think, I will just tell you, Brian, I think the idea of having like a Moria or khazad I should say, oh. themed like mine cart roller coaster thing, kind of like Indiana Jones. Where you're like, No, like where you're in a cart and you're like flying along and you get to see like the Mithril being made here and then a <laughs> Balrog coming out here. I think that'd be pretty dope. You mean it's
2: not? A, it's just like a museum tour of, uh, of Khazad-dum then, is yeah, it? Yeah,
0: but that's <laughs> what cool. you want.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. The Balrog pops out and you have to have a little battle with him that sounds cool um i don't know maybe a water at water themed one like floating down the And the andrew the,
1: the Anduin river or i don't know something like that. I, I, dead I, I, like bar. Well, okay i've got i've got a good one yeah. how about um mrs maggot farmer maggot's wife um how about like a a, a mushroom themed like psychedelic ride yeah Oh, wow. Yeah, Short, and it'll be one. called Shortcut to yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and you get your own bag of personalized mushrooms. Very nice. You even have a title. Wow. This sounds like you've That's the title from the before. chapter from the Lord of the Rings. Um, no, I haven't thought about mm. that before, but uh, that's my best answer at the moment. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's good. That sounds is good. This good. time of the year. I like
0: that. Um, so guys as well, not you guys, but listener guys, uh, send in your thoughts on what you think would be the best version or the best ride in a Middle Earth themed park themed theme park yeah um hmm. but yeah we've heard johnny compare tolkien to a lemon and we've heard dan's beautiful english <laughs> accent so makes for a nice change that's all we have time for today <laughs> um dan thank you so much for coming on in such short thanks dan. as well uh we've wanted to have you on for a while there's so many people we want to have on uh, but yeah you were definitely high up there on the list um i really enjoy watching your videos and yeah, uh, it's it's great to have you on. Hopefully, it's the mm. first of many. Oh, my
1: pleasure. Yeah. And yeah, I'd love love to have. Thanks for thanks for doing what you do. Uh, cheers. I'd love to have you guys on the channel as well at some point for a chat. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep talking. But um, yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. It's been good to talk.
2: Oh, it's been a lot of fun. And thanks for your insights because Dave and I have definitely learned more. We, we, we're more knowledgeable now than we were an hour <laughs> ago.
1: So that's always good. Uh,
0: i got to forget it all again in about half an hour. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I regret to announce this is the end.
0: But guys, that's, uh, that's all for today. We will put all of Dan's socials in the podcast description. So please go like and subscribe to Voice of Geekdom uh while you're at it if you don't subscribe to us already uh go ahead and do that and leave a review and a rating if you haven't already and if you want to reach out to us our links are in the podcast description also please let us know what your thoughts on the trailer are if you're excited or if you're bummed but uh yeah we just want to know so get get those comments in but until next time guys goodbye